Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever here. Let's go ahead and open up those phone lines here. 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. If you'd like to hit us up that way, you are more than welcome to do so uh, as well. We briefly mentioned before we hit the top of the hour uh, break, the, I don't know, what what's the word, what's the proper term for whatever it is, that we've been seeing today. Uh, it started with, I think, some pretty innocuous comments, or I think they were intended to be innocuous comments, at the NFL Combine, which is still going on, uh, from Ravens GM Eric DaCosta, answered a bunch of questions uh, about Lamar, about the offense, about the team, all that sort of thing. And one of the things that he said after stating, you know, unequivocally, they want Lamar back, they want to get all of it done, all that sort of thing, is they, they know they've got to do better at wide receiver. And True. I think that you've never heard a louder amen from this city than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this. Well, you know, one of the guys that they drafted in hopes of having something at wide receiver was Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman responded to Sarah Ellison, who's one of those that covers uh, the Ravens uh, kind of independently. Uh, Responded to her, you know, reporting what DaCosta said and said this. How about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us and number eight, that being Lamar. I knew I do know that one. Uh, blame the one you let do this. We take the heat 24 seven and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying, capping on players for no reason. So Rashad Bateman was not impressed with that and then i would say what over the next hour or so how many former ravens jumped in to say basically yeah listen you guys don't keep people healthy and you don't help your players physically rashad bateman was first but then it was what mike davis and you had matthew judon uh and i think there may have been one or two more other ones but it's very rare to like bateman is on the team yeah and he's killing the general manager and he deleted it but this is shocking. It's just a it's a really weird time to be a fan of this team. I'm not going to lie because 
I'm I'm thankful that some of this is getting called out because I think these have been problems for for years. And well, and, we remember. I'll let you finish. We remember two years ago when it like every third person on the roster was hurt. Well, yeah, it was a horribly injury plague season. I couldn't believe how bad it was. And some of this as well is stemming off of the, the NFL Players Association, as we mentioned with Elliot, released. Uh, grades from players on various aspects of the organization, and the Ravens by far graded the worst of the strength coach category with literally an F minus, which is not, you know, is not a possible grade, or at least I was not aware that it's a possible grade until right now. It's just, it's just more a slap in the face. Yeah. So a lot of the comments were off of that as well, uh, but but there, it ties back to two people who I think John Harbaugh was loyal to for too long, and that's Greg Roman and Steve Saunders. Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator, and Steve Saunders was the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, I think if there is a big flaw of John's is that he's loyal to a fault, and the, the issue is you have to be loyal to your players above all else. And if your players continuously had these problems and were vocal about it and made it clear before making it public, and nothing was done, then yeah, that's an issue, and it's got to be aired out. But you, it's very rare to get players to do this because they're always right. you know, nervous about having kind of that reputation as being you know, somebody who's going to rock the boat or, that, or what have you. And in Bateman's case, he's still on the team. Yeah. Uh, but to me, I think it's interesting that this come, has come out as like an issue, the overall – health treatment of the players and players pushing back on the Ravens saying, no, listen, if you're going to talk about injury issues and stuff, like y'all are part of the problem. There was another player who said basically like I was doing lifts that a, a perfectly healthy player does mm-hmm. five weeks after ACL surgery. I think it was Quincy Adeboyjo who used to play yeah. wide receiver, played at Ole Miss, uh, who was a guy who, who never really like broke through for the Ravens as a receiver, but he was around a while. He was like a practice squad guy, uh, special team or things like that uh so he definitely has credibility he was around the building a lot uh no well, and those are, and those are the guys that if there's any kind of an injury question about them yeah those are the guys that <laughs> that i just watched a in this mississippi state texas a&m women's basketball game this poor girl jerkelia jordan from mississippi state tried to lay it up and the girl for texas a&m blocked it with like her armpit like it was like the most oh, wow. forceful over the top block i've ever seen <laughs> it was incredible i was like wow she spiked it, too. We'll see that one. Uh, but yeah, to me, the, the interesting part of this is players pushing back. You almost never see it. Players pu- pushing back on injury issues at a time where I think it's pretty clear that the Ravens are tr- have tried to use Lamar's end-of-season injury issues the last couple of years against him. Well, and I think it's yeah. fascinating to to hear the team have other players push back and be like, no, 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 they hurt all of us. Mm-hmm. Like it's interesting. It's almost like the Ravens players are on Lamar's side on this. Well, I think it speaks to a the guy's been wildly popular there. Not even just with with players. I mean, obviously the fan base loves him and the city loves him, and it's it goes to show that, you know, Jeff Drebick wrote something recently, and I feel like anytime we talk about the Ravens, I reference something that Jeff wrote because he's really good at his job, uh, that the Ravens really might want to switch up some tactics to how they're approaching this negotiation because I'll tell you this as someone who who is a fan and also works in the media, they are badly losing the PR battle. Like, very badly losing it. Um, I saw... Carrington Harrison, who does radio in Kansas City, yeah. 
compare what's going on with the Ravens right now, it feels like what the Texans were doing the offseason after they blew that huge lead to the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I, while I think there are some differences, obviously, I also think that as someone who watches and consumes this team as much as anybody, I can't really remember a time where it felt this dysfunctional on the surface right now. Yeah, they've always been a a buttoned up, yeah, uh, you know, first class organization. They had a good locker room, right? You know, all and the stuff. locker room graded out well as well. And like the NFLPA stuff, we're talking about all the grades. The other grades were kind of like, all right, fine. There was there were some average ones and some positive ones, but like if any if any aspect of your organization is bad enough to get an F minus grade, we're going to talk about it. Like, obviously, because that is five things with the commanders was like an F minus grade. I mean, it's like you got to talk about that. But yes, the the Ravens have a reputation as a stable, smart organization uh, that keeps things very close to the vest. So it has been a very different experience to see stuff like this come out uh, continuously. I would like to know from the both of you here, what what are you an F minus at? (laughs) <laughs> like if, if like if someone grades you like what's the f minus for you like for me yeah i c- i can't fix anything yeah i'm not handy at all i'm zero percent handy i yeah. cannot i cannot fix a thing uh beyond the absolute basics i the most intricate th- home repair thing I think I've accomplished was replacing an outside light fixture, which is just <laughs> like I, and I would be very, very, very afraid to do. Sometimes when I get on social media and that sort of thing, you see people replacing their own flooring or all like, why would you do that? I would just, it, yeah. I would be so, I would never trust my own work enough to even try. You know, so I, I would give myself an F minus. I would say drawing for me. Okay. Like I cannot, just let me do like a stick figure, man, because I I can't draw worth anything. Yeah, art was always one of my worst subjects. Yeah, I'm terrible at <laughs> it. Same. So Same. bad. Like I I remember I took a uh, um like a sports economics class in in college, and uh, my professor like was he would literally make fun of me for how badly my graphs were drawn. Graphs, like not even like artistic. You didn't things. use like Excel or anything like that. You had to actually hand draw these graphs. Like if you were like taking a test or an exam or okay, fair or practice or something like that, and you had to draw it out. Like I, I'm horrible about that. Like Tyler, hey, can you just like draw a straight line? I mean, no, not really. Give me a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a ruler, and then it's it might look good. Someone said texted in fitted sheet folding. Oh, no one's good at that, though. Yeah. That's actually a great question for the audience. Uh, if you had to grade yourself an F- minus on anything, what, what would you give yourself an F- minus for? Yeah, what I want to know what people are the worst Like at. what? My in, handwriting is really bad. Like, I can't, Your handwriting is <laughs> My handwriting is awful. I think it's funny because I can't draw, but I think my handwriting is actually pretty nice. I but, have spectacular handwriting. And I cannot. write, if you've ever seen me, I'll, I'll, I'll let Spencer see it here in a second, maybe in a break or something. I'm right-handed, but I write like a lefty. Like my my hand is like kind of curved when I write. Like here, I'll just I'll just see if I can find a. There's a pen. This is great visual. Right? Yeah, yeah. With, with the visual medium of yeah. radio that everybody can see. This is gonna right? be Tyler the Rap next this, week. Like this, this is how I write. 
Like that's oh, oh yeah, it's definitely you yeah. see that Spencer? Yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he he could back me on this right yeah. now. But Mark, next time you're on the rap, just have Tyler draw something. Yeah, I'm just gonna draw something for you. But yeah, it's strange. <laughs> and actually, many people have pointed at it out to me over the years, and it never really even occurred to me. Probably like the mechanics of how you write are weird. Yes, many people have pointed yeah. it out to me over time. Uh, so many I, people are saying. <laughs> yeah, sources are telling me. Uh, oh wow, man. These are rolling in. Of course. Here we go. F minus. Patience for Kenny Payne to turn around the basketball program. Ah, very funny. Come funny. on. <laughs> this is all Tyler's fault, obviously. It's the media and the fans. It's all Let's their fault. Let's <laughs> try to have a little fun. F minus. The process of getting my clean laundry to my dresser. Oh, yes. Okay. I would like to also <laughs> yes. join that club. Yeah. I have 100%. washed and dried and then picked out of the dryer for like a oh, week. Oh my god, I do it all. I could do that. Just keep in the basket. I'm so bad about that, man. So I, just keep in the basket. It's like I'll wake up. I was like, let me put a shirt and khakis on. Like I'll yeah. find something in the morning. <laughs> I don't need to set my clothes the night before or anything. I'm so bad about it, and it would obviously save me time and trouble and all this. But I'm so terrible about it. You're yeah, so and then I end up like. The clothes stay in the dryer for so long, and then I finally decide to take them out, and then I get frustrated when like a shirt is wrinkled, and I realize I kept it in the dryer for like days, and they sat in there. So I'm like, oh, now I got to throw it back in the dryer for 20 minutes on de-wrinkle to help myself, and it still doesn't help. The worst for me is like a sock basket, but you have like all these socks. It's like they're different lengths, and it's like, can I just find a matching pair of socks here? Because I don't match my yeah. socks up for the most part either. It's like I just need. Two I match socks. mine most of the time. Man, we are getting some deep answers. My Texas goodness. Has empathy. <laughs> Somebody said landing a woman. You, folks, what is happening? That's I also think someone would. I don't want them to admit this. But can you find funny like some, if someone said like parenting? Can you find like some Delilah bed music or no. something? <laughs> Just to, so we can have a therapy hour. Texture says, when we, again, the question was, what do you do that you would give yourself an F minus for, like the players gave. Various NFL squads, yes, uh, ratings for for various things. The Ravens, in particular, the strength and conditioning staff, which makes sense because eighty-seven players have missed the whole season due to injury. The last two or three, it's years. been it's a ridiculous. huge problem, and, and it really has. Uh, and I, I think it's interesting with Lamar because something that was getting floated was like him doing his own training or so. Well, now can you kind of color in some lines there and maybe see for a second? why he might not be crazy about the Ravens rehab plan for him last year or, when Steve Saunders or, was there. Or at least or at least this, uh, Tyler, when you start hearing the reports that maybe some folks within the Ravens thought that he could play yeah, and, and that he was like, no, I don't believe that I can play, uh, I think he's allowed to be perhaps a little skeptical of your insistence that he could play. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm totally with it, man, and, and I – I say all of this as the same guy who sat on here and said, look, I think the Ravens, more often than not, as an organization, are make smarter moves than dumber moves. Like, if we if we scored it all out. That doesn't mean they can't be better. doesn't mean that they... I think they, honestly, ha- have to use this offseason. And I, I frankly, I, I can't quite tell if they're... Too much of this is going to hinge on what happens with Lamar. But this is kind of a huge offseason to adapt. Absolutely. Like yes. you, like to adapt your image, to adapt your approach, and, personnel, and everything. Where where yes. it's like, look, you guys, you guys are a good organization. You're a good team. You're in the mix most years, but if you just like tinker one or two things here, 
you can really take a step forward. And as a fan, I think that's what frustrates me above all else. We're not talking about huge changes. We're not. You have the thing that everybody in the NFL like is desperate for every day. You have a franchise quarterback. That's not a problem. You got to pay him, and that's a, obviously a big discussion. You look at the roster. There's talent all over the roster, and like talent you can build around. I mean, just look at the playoffs last year. You played a Cincinnati team that's you know they should have won the game. It, like, Cincinnati's like, probably a better team right now as they're constructed. But yeah, you almost won the game. Like Tyler Huntley fumbles at the goal line. If Tyler Huntley doesn't Pro Bowler, fumble Tyler that, Huntley. oh my god, that was so ridiculous. Uh, but but yeah, I think that's what frustrates me as a fan is like we're not talking about like these widespread huge changes it's like dude just tinker with these two things that have been holding you back and you're right in this thing that doesn't guarantee you anything but it puts you in a better position at least texture says that i sound like i have good handwriting that makes sense to me oh <laughs> what does I that agree, mean i agree with that explain i don't know it, it, it's just a feel thing just it's a like, feeling it's just a gut feeling All right. thing good. Someone texts in, is this potential roster oh, good no. enough for a tournament no. appearance? No, we're not doing this just yet. I'm not ready to be serious about basketball. You don't want to do yet. this yet? Okay. No. Hold we'll, on to that. We'll no. get to it later. Yeah. It, save that for it, summertime we, radio. Well, no, no. I'm just saying <laughs> save that for later in the show. I yeah, just, it's true. I, I don't uh, I, I don't feel like being totally serious just yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just making uh, sure. About this. But I, I did. I just wanted to know what you thought about I, that I sound like I have good handwriting. You know what's funny? My dad... Uh, kind of raised himself and didn't have anyone to sort of sit on him and make sure he did his schoolwork and all that sort of thing. And he, yeah. you know, he was pretty upfront about it. He had horrible handwriting. And for he was he was embarrassed by his own handwriting, and he was determined that we would not have bad handwriting. And I, I don't know if he just had somebody make fun of it one day or whatever, but it was like a thing. Like, my kids will not grow up to have bad handwriting. It was such a funny thing to be like, di- like this is a non-negotiable well you will have good handwriting yeah. it's such a funny thing i have always wondered how much handwriting has like suffered for people in a more digital age like do more like people's handwriting has to suck more often now right because you don't have to write as much with things like you type literally everything nowadays yeah. i don't know like I, I mean obviously i haven't like i, I don't have a ton of I have some friends who are teachers here and there, so I don't have like the insight into what goes on in school much anymore Even here or there. School's a little more digital. Yeah, I mean, which I is and, and myself, I was in college as it kind of like yeah. you know during the COVID era. So it's like everything kinda went more digital. You know, you take online tests. Et well and you'd always have the professor in college who was like well, I don't care what's happening in this day and age. What you, you're going to have Pen that paper, lap- no you're laptops. You're going to put the laptop away in my class. I love that guy. You and guys it's like up. I totally agree with that guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, we'll see how that one goes. I like taking notes on my laptop. It was more efficient for me, and I don't think I write poorly, but I can just I can get stuff down quicker. Um, but this all reminds me of, uh, for some reason, of like. I had to learn to everybody had to learn to write cursive I think around mine was third grade I think when I learned how to write cursive and I realized I'm like man I don't I don't write anything in cursive besides just like signing a check nowadays like I mean that's that's literally it I don't I I guess along those lines I I have completely lost my daughter my 10 year old yeah turns 11 soon 
I have completely lost cursive writing. It's gone. And oh, she yeah. And she writes in beautiful cursive that she has just learned. I can't. The only thing I can do is sign things. But do you have like a do you want to break her heart and be like, sweetie, you're really never going to use this as much as I always oh, hate God, when no. teachers are like, no. you're going to need cursive in high school. And college. No, like, you're high not. school. They're like, I don't care. I had a section of the I want to say it was the SAT uh that i had to i don't remember what it was it was like some thing you had like had to, it wasn't even a section of the like a written part of the exam where they were like grading you on it it was more of something you had to sign it was like a whole paragraph that you had to write in cursive and it was so annoying i think like, i remember I, that because i think they still do that some I took uh, both the ACT and yeah. the ACT. somebody also texted him i'm a teacher of high schoolers they all have terrible handwriting <laughs> great uh alex is calling in with his uh, personal F. So, Alex, what what are you grading yourself as an F or, or an F minus? Is it an F or an F minus? Because an F minus is obviously worse. Uh, so it's it's clearly it, it's an it's an F minus. I would say, okay. and, and right. it'll probably be the reason why my wife uh, divorces me. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> in all honesty, but, but but before I get into that, let me just say something, Mark. Uh, any man. Or, or a person that would read through the book, the whole book of Moby Dick, all the way, front to back, and enjoy it, I would just automatically assume that they have good credit in that. <laughs> that, that would be my immediate assumption. I'm so glad so, this came back to yeah. that. Wonderfully yeah. done. Uh, but what, what I what, – so I, I cook in my house, and I could make a fantastic meal uh, – like I'm talking about specifically, my my wife really loves my Alfredo, so I could make some fantastic fettuccine Alfredo, and I never pick up after myself after I cook. And then after I eat like this nice heavy meal, I look in the kitchen and I just every single thing that I have pulled out is literally laying on the counter, and I'm like, I just can't, I can't pick this up. Like I, I have to go to sleep. Like and that is <laughs> my wife hates that about me and i'm she will leave me for that and because i just can't get over after you eat a fantastic meal and you sit on the couch and you and you know you've just been sitting there for like two or three hours it's time to go to sleep it's time to go to sleep like we're just gonna cut the lights off and hopefully the darkness will hide the dirt that's literally (laughs) that's my f i have to say thank you guys i appreciate that's great that's the cooking kitchen version of the laundry thing yeah it is yeah, you know, I'm, I don't want to finish it. You, what you got to do though is you got to find somebody who values that. Like, like I'm not great about doing the dishes either, but Angela is like a, a fanatic about going yep. to bed with the kitchen totally clean. So she makes sure that that part gets done because I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm totally with Alex on that. Well, Kayla and I kind of have like an, an agreement of like most of the time, whoever whoever cooks, that means the other person does dishes. I think that's pretty standard because like growing like it's up, a like when. I was in like high school or even like college. My parents were like, "Okay, you guys pick a night. You guys fix dinner," and like everyone else would clean up after dinner. So that's kind of standard, I think. Yeah, I, her parents do it, and I—I I mean, it—it it works for the most time. Somebody said you take notes with a laptop and you write checks. Like I, I don't really write a ton of checks anymore. But when I—I'm saying the only time I use cursive is if I have to sign a check. I don't. Yeah, that's exactly I do not right. write any sentences in cursive. Par- nothing. Nothing at all. No. Absolutely not. I, By the way, I, I texted her, text text her, texted a picture of uh, the, gosh, uh, Peter from the, the Family Guy. Oh, yeah. W- writing with a giant quill. 
And he said, this is how I envision Mark writing his own version of Moby Dick at night. <laughs> and the truth is, I have owned a quill. <laughs> I love and I love fountain pens. So I, I had to totally fast up to the texture there. Like I that's you're not very far off. That is phenomenal. Like I, I love that one of the things that is just stuck to you in like your persona Moby is Moby Dick. I know. I it's know. it's wonderful. Like that and the fact that you the live animal bed is something that always gets brought up. Yeah, you gotta be careful with that. Yeah. But you you just you know, I think you know this. You never know. Whatever what's, you what's might say, yeah. yeah, whatever you might say or do on air as part of a bid or what have you, like you never know what will like become attached to you forever. Yeah. Tyler, do you have anything from either any of your previous stops that was like a, you know, a bit that just stuck with you in that city? Uh, let me think for a second. Um, no, nah, I can think of like when I was in Jackson, I used to do some, some like funny segments here or there for our sports show. Like I used to do some some like swag reviews for sec and swag media days so i used to get have some fun with, with all of that and i remember uh fred mcnair who's the head coach at Alcorn state university like yeah he improved his approach to what he was wearing for the second time he did it and i remember talking to him about it. he's like dude i remember you graded me as an f last year and that just couldn't happen Again, I died. That was his F. I died. He got better. Laughing. Yeah, <laughs> died laughing at it. Fred was a great guy, but uh, yeah, I would say that. Like, it, that's probably something that stuck there for a little bit. People, we had some fun uh, with that. I had some things that uh, I think in in high school, like I did my high school broadcast for a bit. Um, well, for a bit, for a couple of years, it was a big thing. Uh, and I remember it was swine flu was was going around and so we came up with like you know tried to a funny way to remind people to like wash hands or, or stuff like that and i like did one of them and was in it and it was a don't be a grieve cough in your sleeve and it was like i would in the infomercial i was just like walking around just like sneezing or coughing freely like not into my sleeve so that that was a slogan then and i've had like people i went to high school with yeah don't be a grief cough in your sleeve i'm like yo that was a long time ago wow so by the way diener diener who is uh, fresh off lasik surgery and can clearly see what we're talking about here uh so uh, uh, props to him for that says that 64 is if you're trying to get head west on 64 around cannon's lane that it is standstill really yeah from uh from cannon's lane all the way to Mel uh, melwood so be careful i almost said melville <laughs> Ha! Since we're talking about Moby Dick, that's funny. Uh, Yikes! Got to be uh, be careful. I mean, if you got to go that way, take some other route. Some Put it in ways, do what you got to do. Someone just texted in. Just tuned in. What the hell is going on here? We don't know. We, we never really know. don't. I have no we idea. We never know. The, the root of this conversation was the Ravens players crushing the Ravens, uh, both in the NFLPA ratings that they gave for the way for strength and conditioning. And then explicitly getting on Twitter today uh, and killing the Ravens for their strength and conditioning program, giving them an F minus, and then us launching into what would we get an F minus in? Yeah, that's what's going on. And I think it's a great conversation, honestly. I'm highly enjoying it. Thinking about all the things that I would grade myself as an F minus. I said drawing. I can't draw worth anything. Really can't. can't fix things. I can't draw either. And Tyler, this is just maybe for down the road for you. I don't know. 
but your kids will ask you to draw things for them a lot. That sucks because I, I don't it, know what I'm going to draw. The, the nice thing is, uh, 11 years into this, I'm not any better at drawing, and it, it's okay. Mm. They'll, they'll get over it. That's fine. We're just. Yeah. Well, I, I fear that like maybe they'll somehow think that they like it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to draw like that, and I'm going to be like, no, you don't. This is not good. I'm telling you this now. Be better than me, son or daughter. Please, don't draw like this. Someone said this is what sports radio is in March when you have four wins, LOL. You're not wrong. Yeah, I, really, you're not, wrong. you're not. You think I don't want to break down seeding scenarios here? I, I mean, like, look. Potential second-round ACC tournament matchups? I, that's all I want to do, You know what do, I'm guys? proud of us? Proud of us for when, when, I can't speak for the other days that the show happens, but I'll, I'll speak for it. But like when we do the show together, we are very open with you guys about like show planning and like what that's we're true. what we're going to talk about. Like we Fair fully parent. recognize that there are days where like, look, we're going to be we're going through it. Like, this is what we should be talking about, but we're not. We're not. No. Yep. I don't have a grand spiel for you today. That is going to be any different from what I've said about Louisville men's basketball this entire year. I don't don't have it. Said the same points, brought them all up. They're still relevant. I guess we can go over it if you want, but like I, my the, the Tyler Griever hot take of the day is the same that it was when they were zero and seven. You don't get to be four and twenty six when one party fails. All the parties failed. Everybody's got to share that blame. Everybody, coach, players, assistants. Administration. Strength coach. The dog who crapped on the floor the other night. <laughs> what a moment, right. by the way. Oh, I know. It, it, I said it yesterday when it happened. Like the, In terms of symbolism, there, there's, there isn't – if I told you that happened, you would be like, all right, quit being ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's too on the nose. But that's, that's what the way humor works. I'm going to take a break here because we have not uh, done so this hour. When we come back, I do want to pick – the question of like uh, responsibility and that sort of thing back up and and just do like a thought experiment, like play us a, a yeah. thought game with you on the other side here. We'll take your calls, your texts throughout here on the drive on the vote. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, Come on, muscle through it. But then also say, Hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever. Uh, you know, I think, Tyler, it's fair to say one of the criticisms that we've heard this year, you know, whether you think the, the criticism itself is fair or not, uh, that 
one of the things you've heard a lot is that, you know with Kenny seems aloof at times fair aloof in like uh, his in like what way sideline demeanor and things like that like not as intense as maybe some people would like to see I, I could see it I, I will say I don't shoot every game but the games I do uh, shoot from the baseline I, I mean I do look over there a decent amount and uh, I do see him get on guys like a, a decent bid and you could you could see and I think as the season's gone on you could see it more you could see like his displeasure or confusion as to like wow why are they doing that or this or like why are you doing this so uh, I mean I, I can see it but I also you know, I mix in what I see from the baseline, and I, I could clearly tell he's he's frustrated. Well, if you would like to know maybe what it sounds like when a coach who is an extrovert is frustrated, uh, Spencer, could we play? The, I don't know if you had a chance uh, to hear this, but uh, the clip of Bruce Pearl last night, Auburn had the lead over Alabama for the vast majority of last night's game, ended up blowing that lead, letting Alabama force overtime, and then Alabama wins the game uh, in overtime. And Bruce Pearl was displeased after the game. And I'm not playing this as a, like, to be critical of Kenny at all. I just thought it was kind of a funny comparison to listen to this guy be this crazy after the game. Play this. 90 to 85, our exclusive post-game interview with Bruce Pearl is presented by Full Moon Barbecue, Best Little Pork House in Alabama. Find your nearest location or view their catering menu at Full Moon BBQ. I know there's no moral victories. No. But but your ball club played its heart out tonight, Bruce. Yep, we played well. We played hard. We should have won the game. Um, very, very disappointing. Um, you know, obviously they made some made some plays. We had a hard time staying in front of them at the end of the day. Um, I'm just sick and tired of our guys getting smashed down there. <laughs> smashed! <laughs> getting what snatched smash smashed spencer let's hear that it just that can we hear the <laughs> end <again> there? <laughs> oh it's so funny he knew he had that they had a chance there they let that one get away uh, <laughs> our guys getting smashed down there <laughs> smashed that's so funny god that's so funny when my uh he's a crazy person when I'm tired of my roommates coming back hammered on a on, on a Friday night, I'm just tired of my guys getting smashed. Our guys getting smashed down there, <laughs> smashed. Golly, man! You could, you gotta clip that one for just like a turtle use because oh, there are a lot of uses for that. <laughs> I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah, and there are so many different, like, coach reactions that I just love. Uh, and, like, they all they kind of run the gamut. Like, you, like you get stuff like Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Uh, and then you get, like, Terrell Buckley, the, the, the post-game press conference he did, or the interview he did on the, floor, on the field after the XFL game. You know, he was asked something about his team. He's like, well, did you like this or that? And he says, no. And that was it. <laughs> That's all he said. He just said, no. Love coaches. Bruce Pearl is, is a lot. 
Uh, that's I, a great. That is an he's extremely just accurate thing to say. How would you like to have covered him if you know? Because he was like, I don't know about never be candidate here, at Louisville. But <laughs> like, you know, some fans wanted him last year for sure. Uh, it, it it would not have been dull. I'll put it that way, like for a variety of reasons. But uh, he, guys, look, are, he looks guys, like he sweats all the time too. He does sweat all the time. But I would just for for grins here. You think about it for just a second. If you are an Auburn beat writer, or yeah. if you run like an Auburn one of these subscription sites or whatever, and you cover Bruce Pearl and Hugh Freeze, oh man! Like all you do every day is just like figuring out what what do you not have time to to write about or cover about because both those guys are machines in terms of content. It's uh, I struggle really almost with. How they're already like kind of dabbling into Hugh Freeze and just buying into the, some of his little shtick that he has. You don't, I mean, they're gonna rally around him. Well, don't, of course they are, yeah. Him. But and I saw the Auburn football, of course, the football account's gonna do this, but like they put out his one of his little motivational talks, and man, it just sounds straight out of Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah, 100%. it's so nauseating. Like, I just can't do it. Uh, but I guess from a from a media perspective, I mean, yeah, you're going to have stuff to cover. That's oh, for yeah, sure. You're, yeah, you're going to spend your time trying to figure out what to talk about. It's very funny. Wide variety of things there. Um, you know, Hugh's never going to live down that compliance tweet from Ole Miss. That's always going to come back as it should. And I love seeing it come back in jest. Uh, you know, Bruce Pearl gets the barbecue jokes, but really, just Bruce Pearl's like demeanor as a whole is just a bit cartoonish at times. By the way, uh, Mississippi State just lost to Texas A&M in the women's uh, SEC tournament, uh, and the, the Texags account uh, tweeted maroon color tra- uh, trash talk, tweeting that uh, Pantone seven four two one is better than Pantone five hundred five. Wow. Since- you like that? That's detailed. Yeah. Like, uh, that's very detailed. <laughs> Somebody texted it. How do you like your potatoes? Smashed! Smashed, exactly. <laughs> oh, Bruce. Sweet Bruce. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to your point about that with, with, with Hugh and uh, Bruce Pearl, like, it's just very Auburn to have them as your two coaches. Absolutely. In men's basketball and football. It just fits. It works. It's such a thing, like Alabama. It's like you're stuck in Alabama. Like at least Louisville. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Speak down. I've never lived there. But like we had Bobby and Rick Pitino here in Louisville. There's a lot to do in the city too. Yeah, it's. I've been to Auburn. I've covered two games at Auburn. It's. uh, I I, Jordan Hare Stadium is great. The atmosphere is awesome. I love that. But yeah, there's not a ton going on down there. Uh, So we were we were talking a little bit before we took. Uh, the break there about like blame who's to be who's to blame blah 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 uh i wanted to just ask you to just like game it out for us or we could do this maybe together but let's just take it kind of at face value for people who have put the vast majority of the blame on the players you know the, the people who basically have been i think intending to defend Kenny at the 
you know, by stating, look, the, yes, things are bad, but what it, the players are the problem, and you'll see when they get guys in here. And, you know, I, I heard Rummage and, and Marcus having this discussion at least a little bit, and Rummage did bring up a good point here that it is possible that the players are like the vast majority of the problem. And we can disagree if we think that that's the case or not. But, like, it is possible that it's conceivable that this is, like, the best version of this group. Like, this is just what they're capable of. And that somewhere early in the season, perhaps, Kenny realized, like, man, I've just got to kind of get through this one until I can get some other guys in here. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, litigate that. It, let's just assume that that's actually true. What does it look like over the next few months? And what is it? What does the season look like if it really is the problem that basically like there's a handful of players and they're just incorrigible and that with a completely new roster, it'll look like what? Well, I took a deep breath because this is a... I did hear that. This is a lot to try and parse through. But one, obviously, yeah, the roster gets drastically turned over. Uh, I I don't know, you know, in this hypothetical, like you're you're bringing back Mike, you're bringing back Kamari, uh, Brandon, uh, Emmanuel, JJ. I guess we can go with that to start yeah. in terms of who's going to be back. Those and I don't really think you can go past those five. No, I mean, look, and Nell's decision, we don't know what happens with that. Like, we don't know if he is might just be done playing college basketball and he wants to go play pro ball, whether that's if he if he gets a shot in the league or if he gets a shot to go overseas, whatever, that'll be his choice. Uh, but but just for now, we'll just say for the sake of it, he's, he's going to go pro. Um, you know, it, it's I think where I struggle with this a little bit is the, a huge sell of hiring – Kenny and one that I think all of us agreed with too was the ability to to get talent and the ability to recruit and those relationships throughout basketball yeah. uh, so I a huge it's almost like impossible to to really answer this or dive into it without like factoring that in of like who are you getting out of the portal or uh out of this recruiting class coming in and really for the 2023 class, obviously we're talking about Dennis Evans and if that ultimately happens uh, without knowing that, because I think if we're just looking at strictly him as a coach this season and, and looking at where, like what strides he, he's either made or what he's shown you in game or adjustment wise, like, you would like to have more to pick from there if you want to have faith that, like, okay, it's really all the players, but, you know, once he gets his guys in here, like, the things he's trying to preach or the things he's trying to do, you'll be able to see it then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I just think that, if like, if we wanted to grant that for the sake of, like, understanding, right? Because, like, don't you do this? I don't know if you, if you do this. I do it. Like, I try to think, like, of a diagnosis. Like, what's caused this? And it probably is foolish to try to think that it's one specific thing. But if you want, like, what's your theory for sort of how this year has gone the way that it has that doesn't make you just despondent about a year two 
and one of those explanations really is that like this he realized too late that this was a group that wasn't going to respond the way that he was hoping that they would and that the the quickest and most thorough solution here is to just have massive turnover and if so i think the first thing is you got to say is you know, massive turnover and i agree with you like i don't think that the number of players if you're gonna if we're gonna say like okay kenny basically we're gonna give you a mulligan on this year because of, of what you had it's i can't imagine that, that you welcome back more than than five guys probably the five that you named yeah i, I don't see any other way really because well first of all i you saw it play out more with some of the minutes for for sid in particular over the like i think kenny tried to give him a chance for probably a little too long this year but in the recent games like sid has not played a lot uh it, it also doesn't help that emmanuel Gorfor has not been available i was gonna ask you do you think that we would have seen like little to no Sidney Curry if a core four was healthy I think I, I yes I think we I think would have so. seen a lot less because I mean Kenny flat out said he wanted to see more of Brandon and Sid playing together yeah so yeah. I think we would have seen Brandon that. and a core four together yes sorry Brandon and Emmanuel core four yes he he yeah. wanted to see that um but yeah I, I can't feasibly see you know I know Jaywin will have eligibility and he's kind of a weird one because, like, he did get a lot better as a shooter and showed you some offense, but it kind of feels like Kenny's been very frustrated with him in terms of consistency and effort over the course of this whole year. Uh, so I, I can't – I would think he might have to go find somewhere else next year. Uh, but it's – the problem was is that – and you've said this before. There, there, there was a misdiagnosis, I think, at the beginning of the season of – of really what he was working with or, or a disconnect between like where these guys where you thought they were at and where they were at really I guess and where how capable everybody was uh, or how receptive they were to what you were trying to do and I think he probably should have taken a pivot or a shift a lot sooner on being stronger with the consequences of that and switching up the lineup more because I, I think it took a little too long to make some of those adjustments. If you gave him one mulligan, what do you think it might be? Like if you, if you, you're like, Hey, you get to go back. Like you literally get to go back in time and change one thing. Yeah. What do you think it would be? Literally like anything with the team at all. Yeah. Just one decision he made kind of early on. Cause I'm, my, I don't, I don't think Kenny's a bad coach. I really don't. That doesn't mean he's done a good job this year, but I don't think he's a bad coach. And my own kind of working theory, at least at this point, he optimistically, I think, tried to address these guys in a way that that did not work for them. But by then, I think had kind of cast his lot with the, with several of them, and it was too late. Yeah, I, I think he. Well, again, also, I, I don't think it could be overstated here that, like, it, it's his first run at, at being a head coach. So maybe he thought him coming in to, to change all these approaches was just going to click from the start, or it would eventually, or it would sink in quicker than maybe he thought because he's seen it work, seen it work elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, this, this group didn't really 
gain any traction on that throughout the year. Just didn't seem to to grasp it. Again, I think we all maybe thought it might have happened for like a few games during that really tough stretch that they had. Um, but it's overall, no, it hasn't. But if I had to give him a well, something to to do over, I mean, obviously, I the the easy answer to that in roster construction was like get some sort of guard you could have played with L at all or somebody to spell him that that would have been capable and and look I think they tried it didn't work out uh but that that was the overall image of I think you could see it coming into the season and it was like wow there's not a lot of backcourt depth going on here like that that was a big big deal coming in that I think we were all skeptical of and then it turned out to be a huge huge flaw you're talking about looking at the roster looking out at the portal and, and i guess like portal prospects and basically saying lower like lower the bar because it's going to end up being better than nothing uh well yeah i think anybody would have been better yeah. to have just some sort of stable guard to come in and hold the fort or at least run the show or play some defense something to help out because that that was a I mean you can go back to a lot of these games and just be like look if if the turnovers were cut down by man even 5 probably in some of these scenarios especially when teams were really scoring off of turnovers you probably could have gotten a different result or if you had a guy who is a little more dedicated to defense here it could have changed the result like it's that that was just such a huge I mean, like, Problem. game one against Bellarmine, you have L played, what, did he, 39 or 40 minutes of that game? Like, well, yeah, you he, shouldn't, averaged, he had to. He's averaged 36. I know, you shouldn't have to have your one guard play almost 40 minutes a game. This is not like Syracuse a few years with a zone, at least. You can kind of, you know, not go full intensity on defense there. But it's like, that was the big mistake there, was you having L Ellis, he had to play 39, 40 minutes a night because we had no other options. It's It was the single biggest and noticeable flaw before they ever even stepped on the court was you you looked at the roster and like you were talking yourself into Fabio being able to spell L which obviously did not happen he didn't for, even join until August officially right I mean that and that but I remember Mark and I doing the show then and talking about like what's what's the the expectation or ceiling for Fabio and it was like well he just needs to be a guy who can come in and and be relied on for a bit while I'll get some rest. And that did not happen at all. Um, I mean, you had Hersey Miller come in, and I think he showed effort for a majority of the year, or he played hard at least. But he wasn't someone you could put the ball in his hands enough and say, okay, we're going to trust you for a five-minute stretch here, and we can't let the game get worse during that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, it's hard to it's hard to go anywhere else for me, than noticing the single biggest flaw they had and not fully or properly addressing it. And again, we don't have all the details on that or all of like who they went after, who they didn't go after, who they were open to and who they weren't open to, but man, that would have helped a ton to, to get somebody else out of that. I have wondered, you know, because even in you talking about uh, guards and perhaps adding one more ball uh, guard or something like that, I have wondered uh, if there isn't one bigger issue or, or that that I think has just submarined everything. And I want to talk about that on the other side here. On the drive on the 